Casting directors don't have a job without every actor in this town. And I'll tell you that nobody has a job. Actors are the center of the freaking universe. Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm your co-host, AJ Meyer. And I'm your other co-host, Trevor Algod. And coming up in episode 234, we bring you the third and final part of our updated chat with casting director and outspoken pay-to-play workshop critic Billy DeMota. And in part three today, we talk about a few different things. About we talk about what may or may not be required to build genuine relationships in the industry, why it's important to keep others in mind, other actors in mind when voting for acting services, presumably with your hard-earned dollars, when you're making choices for your career. Also, how Billy might remake this whole casting director workshop system if he could, and how the ideal actor he'd like to meet every single day as a casting director, how that actor runs their business. It's a lot of good stuff coming up in episode 234, so stick around. Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from VO2Gogo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2Gogo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO2Gogo.com slash start. You know, every time we read the VO to go-go thing, I always feel like we need to clarify that's VO as in voiceover and not BO as in body odor. <laughs> do, you, do you ever feel that? Does that ever like cross your mind? Uh, no, that is that is a first. And now I'm not going to be able to get it out of my head. So <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. And everybody you're listening, welcome you're welcome. Oh, man, that's funny. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. How you doing? We never just start. We can't just start the episode. No. It's like there's always like some smart alecky comments up at the, up at the top of the episode. But yeah. anyway, here we are. You gotta like you know you gotta this little you gotta have a little foreplay before you get into the the real action. Hey, you know? I like it. Yeah. I like. <laughs> so, so we have uh, we have a, a few a quick um, announcement. Yeah, yeah, a few announcements uh, before we get the the show started. Well, the, actually, just have really have just one, and this is a big one, everybody. So, if you're listening um, and you would like to join the Inside Acting family, we have a huge, major. This is probably the biggest uh, position, the one of the most important positions we have opening up, and that is the position of a technical producer slash editor. Yes, we are looking to um, have someone jump in and help out with the post-production on every single episode. So ideally, this is somebody who is very proficient with digital audio workstation software, um, is comfortable with programs like Logic or Pro Tools, has no problem working with multi-track editing, mixing, things like that, Um, and people who are comfortable with deadlines, um, because typically... 
you know, we'd like to release these episodes uh, once a week, usually Tuesday-ish, uh, most of the time. Um, so, and we, you know, we always can't, we can't always record, um, you know, like a week or two in advance. In fact, that never happens. <laughs> it's usually like at the, on a good week, it's like four days in advance. So uh, we would obviously be willing to work with this person to, to set up a win-win situation. But this is a position where we'd be not only looking for somebody to handle the production of the episodes, but also go through... Um, the recordings and edit out any sort of extraneous stuff. A lot of it will be judgment based. So it's like you're listening and you're going like, as a listener, does this little segment add value or is this just sort of repetitive or is this just obvious to most people? No, we can get rid of that. Okay, cool. Like that's the kind of judgment calls we're looking for. And we're looking for somebody to also take notes, like a bullet pointed notes on, um, on the interviews and the episodes and stuff so that when um, this person gets it back to us, we can then, you know, assemble the newsletter and the show copy for the website and things like that. So it's a it's a good chunk of work. It's not like a full time gig or anything, you know, but it's a few hours a week. Um, and we're looking for somebody who has a, a proficiency with, like we said, logic or pro tools or something like that um, to, to help out. So again, this is a paid position. This is the only paid position for inside acting as it turns out. So contact us, uh, at your earliest behest and support <laughs> at insideacting.net or insideactingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can call us or however you'd like to get in touch with us. Just let us know you're interested and we'll, we'll start the conversation. Cause, uh, it'll be really great to have somebody join the team in this capacity. That is, that that's saying a lot, uh, there that you kind of, uh, glossed over it, which I definitely understand. Uh, but I'm going to put a little like exclamation point or accent mark over it, which is that this is the only paid position, you know, for the podcast. So that just goes to show the importance it has to, to the team and to the, to the process. This, yeah, without this, the podcast doesn't happen. It just does not exist. So, uh, yeah, this is a big deal. And, and this is what I've been doing, frankly. <laughs> this has been, uh, this has been Trevor's main job with the podcast for a long, long time. And I'm, I'm ready to sort of accept some support with this so I can focus on building up the podcast and other aspects. So just, you know, only so many hours in the day kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, fingers crossed, perfect candidate is out there, uh, eager yes. to, to join the family. So, uh, what's new in your world, dude? Um, had a couple of on tape, well, I mean, the other one was Hamilton, which I've already talked about, but I had another on tape audition um, come, come round, come round this week, which was awesome. And it's for a series regular what what so cool and i love working on i just love working on that much material you know it's like when you get a guest star it's good and you get a co-star it's like eh. yeah it's about like you know making sure that you can you know stand on a mark and yeah here's your coffee sir yeah but but when you get these it's like i i actually i was bummed because i had only two days to work on it and I wanted to, I wanted so, I wanted so badly to just spend some time like digging really deep and, and sinking my teeth. It, it, it is, it is a sinking your teeth into type role, which I know that awesome. a lot of us actors sort of miss, uh, if we're not, you know, uh, for instance, in Los Angeles, using the 99 seat theater scene to kind of, you know, sharpen our, our tools, um, from time to time, you know, we get an opportunity to, to play that big lead role or, 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 you know, sink our teeth into something uh, meaty. 
Right. Or right. in your case, veggie. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but so it was one of those. And so it was like six page, six or seven pages of dialogue, uh, in the sides and, and the material was fantastic. And, um, yeah, it was a series regular. It was for a comic book show, which means that I can't talk about it. Comic book as in like Marvel, DC, Gotham, like that world. Correct. All right. This was, this was last week. It, I got the email on Friday and it was due today, which is Monday. We're recording this on a Monday. So I had uh, basically the weekend to, to get it done. And I'm working today and we're recording. So I had to get it done uh, yesterday. So our go, ghost host with the most, Ben Whitehair, helped me put it on tape, which was awesome. Awesome. So great, man. Well, how did you feel about it? Uh, like I said, I, 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 it, I just wish I had more time with the material because I felt I felt great about it, but I also wish that I could have gone deeper. It's like I got to <clears throat> I got to the choices that I wanted to make, and I felt good about those choices, and I felt like I uh, definitely got I definitely captured the essence of this character. Laterally, I think I found the the bullseye that I was comfortable with. Hopefully they agree with the same bullseye, right? They see the this, the target from the same. Is this analogy making sense, or am I? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, like I, I I thought I you know, and that's what it is in terms of the x and y axis. I feel great, but I wish I could have spent more time on the z axis. Okay, so go. go to our website for the accompanying graph that AJ is going to create. <laughs> Support materials. Oh, Refer to figure one point three. It's a third dimension. I know. Oh, come on, man. I know, but you know, we're, we're listening to podcasts for multitasking, Z-axis. Anyway, uh, that's great, man. And I feel like you've you've gotten a lot more of these series regular roles recently. This seems to be a, a, a more consistent thing. Yeah, the the bigger roles are definitely uh, coming, which is which is great. And it's it's you know, in some cases, in some instances, it is a casting director I have been in for prior and in some cases it's not i just hope that they're all digging my work so that you know the next time even a guest star role comes along they're like oh yeah what about that guy who auditioned for such and such mm-hmm. right uh, right that i am in fact booking the office yes um and sometimes you don't know until the next audition <laughs> right you know when you get called into the same office and you go okay all right they i did actually book the office <laughs> they like me they really like me This episode of Inside Acting is uh, brought to you by Rehearsal Pro, as well as VO2GoGo.com. Rehearsal Pro, uh, which is the next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors. And guys, it's like right around the corner. If you've if you've backed the campaign, you've gotten the emails, it is coming very, very soon. It's it's so like impossible to put an actual date on it, but it's it's literally like it could be tomorrow. So uh, if you want to learn your lines, be off book for your auditions, explore your character, and make stronger choices, uh, you can download Rehearsal 2 right now and do all that. If you want to do a whole lot more, you can go to Rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now to learn all about the great new features coming in this next version of Rehearsal. And again, this is a groundbreaking app designed by actors for actors. We just tweeted a, a link 
to an interview uh, from a SAG, SAG Foundation Life Raft video. I, I'm drawing a blank right now on on who the actor was and what the actual like um, vehicle for this interview was. But it, it was a great interview with a working actor from uh, from a major TV show talking about how reliant she is on this app, Rehearsal. It's a big deal. Go get your own. Reserve your soon-to-be-released copy of Rehearsal Pro right now at rehearsal.pro slash IAP. That's rehearsal.pro slash IAP. A great question from Leah, uh, who writes in from New York. So this is this is really more directed towards you, AJ, but she... She basically thanked us for, you know, opening up the conversation again on these cast and director workshops. And uh, the essence of her question uh, is that she's basically under the impression that cast and director workshops and agency and manager relationships are even less regulated in New York than they are in L.A., which is sometimes kind of hard to believe. She says workshops are closer to $100 on average. And I think here in L.A. you can expect to pay between 40 and 50 Again, it's been a long time since I've done them, but uh, I think that's what I remember paying a few years ago. And she says that in New York, 100 bucks average, many of them priced even higher than that. And some people seem hesitant to criticize this model because they don't want to miss out on opportunities, like classic career FOMO. So she was wondering if uh, you, AJ, would be willing to talk about your experiences in New York City. Uh, presumably around this specific issue and any differences that you caught wind of or experienced? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. Thanks for writing in, Leah. Uh, Two sort of disclaimers right up at the top. One is I am not as familiar, not that I'm super familiar with the laws here in California, but I'm not super familiar with the labor laws in New York. Um, For instance, if it's a right to work, I think it's a right to work state, uh, but like essentially is there a similar, like you can't pay for a job interview type laws in New York? I don't really know. And the second, uh, disclaimer is I never went to a casting director workshop in New York. So I just want to say that up front because I don't want people to be like, well, did you actually attend one after I you know talk about what my experience <laughs> actually was? Um, <clears throat> because I'm sure someone out there would, you know, want to call me out on that and, and rightfully so. I, I will say that the what Leah mentions about the money has definitely been my experience in in in, in looking at websites and seeing what was offered um, out there in New York. Pretty much every single workshop I, I came across was at least a hundred dollars, if not more. Um, I don't remember coming across one that was less. Right, were these single instant, like single night workshops? For hundred bucks, so there, so it's the same sort of deal, right? There's like the single night workshops. There's the series, series is right, right where you right. it's like a few different ones, and then there's like the seminars or the um, you know the longer sort of like all day intensives and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, um, and they just got increasingly more expensive. So I don't know if the hundred dollar thing was for a single night and. Um, I wish I had seen this question and before and asked Jasmine, because I think if I'm, I'm not mistaken, I think she may actually have gone to a couple while we were there. So I'd love to know from her if she uh, how much she spent and, and if it was, you know, a single night type thing. But it, it, my just in general, uh, I did. My experience was that they were much more expensive. 
the the other thing that I want to say is that the 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 sort of environment that is around them in the in the relationship between them and the actors in New York is very similar to here where you had I would talk to friends and I would talk to castmates I would talk to fellow actors who were like yeah I, I, you know, I really want to create a relationship with this casting director and they're doing this workshop at this place. And I, I just, I feel like I'm just going to have to plunk down the money and go so that I can, you know, meet them. So the environment around them and the, um, the, the, the sort of relationship building opportunity is this, like, it's, it's, it's very similar, uh, if not identical. And so it's, it's interesting that, you know, you have a very, similar, uh, environment. And, and the only thing that's sort of cranked up is the amount, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's, that's certainly out there. And as far as people being hesitant to criticize the model out of fear, of missing out on opportunities, I think that happens here as well. And I think it also, yeah, is happening in, in New York. I don't, I, I, I don't really have much else to, to add to that, because like I said, I'd never, I never went, but I mean, I made that choice, um, for a number of different reasons, not the least of which being cost. Mm. You know, what, what comes up for me also just reading her a sentence that, that the sentence that Leah wrote here, people seem hesitant to criticize this model out of fear of missing out on opportunities. I, I realize that people are also really hesitant to criticize the model out of fear of being blacklisted. I mean, could you yeah. imagine being known as the actor who was like causing a big ruckus and like, like who would bring you in if you, if you label yourself as sort of a problem actor? Right. Um, man, that's so messed up. That's why we all just got to make our own films. I mean, I love, <laughs> I love casting directors. I love casting. I love it all. You know, like, but you know, I just, I've talked about this before, just being, if, if you, if you limit yourself to just being a hired gun all the time for the rest of your life, I feel like you're, it's sort of like, you know, sword fighting with one hand behind your back. I feel like, you know, if you, if you get involved in, in with a group of people just making their own stuff, then you've always got that as, as an option to keep working. You don't have to rely mm. on being called in by somebody who may or may not think you look like their ex-boyfriend or girlfriend and just hate you outright. You know, you, you never know. <laughs> so I don't know. Just my, my two cents. Uh, okay. Leah, I hope that helps. We'd love to hear your experience in New York city with cast director workshops. Yeah. And if other listeners, you know, want to chime in, in addition to Leah, like if you, if you're in New York or, uh, other, other market, I mean, you know, we have, um, we had Billy mentioned the, the thing in, um, Atlanta or whatever in the interview, um, I feel like because of the um, lack of regulation or the lack of, uh, I don't know, oversight's not the right word, but just visibility, it's easier for workshops to occur outside of Los Angeles and be uh, charged and, and charge more for them. I don't know yeah. if that seems yeah. to be what happens. So anyway, if anyone has any experiences like that um yeah feel free to reach out to the podcast let us know yeah also i, I want to just take this opportunity really quickly to link to that article that you sent me aj about that guy wh whose website is like the cinnabon monster or something yeah yeah i didn't read into his full blog but it looks like there's a lot of good stuff there he he talks a little bit about or at least in this this blog post you linked me to he talks about 
how he kind of branded himself as this guy who just loves Cinnabon and was able to parlay that into career opportunities and relationships and things like that. But he's also, I don't think he uses these words, but he's essentially a recovering workshop actor where he used to really swear by them and support them. And now he's kind of moving away from them and, and feeling differently. A really great read. Maybe take you five, seven minutes to read the entire blog post. So we'll link to that on our website uh, for additional context. Yeah, it, and it and it does provide some 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 great context in in a really digestible way too. So yeah, yeah. All right. So before we roll into this part three chat with with Billy, uh, just a couple quick uh, things to preface. Number one, um, there is a comment in here that that we did not edit or bleep out that may be offensive to some listeners, especially children. So if you're listening to this podcast in the car or you have kids around or you're at work or something, just be aware that there is a comment um, in the interview that is potentially offensive. Uh, Also, Billy references David H. Lawrence, the 17th's website, Be Free to Choose, which I think is very cool of him because they 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 butted heads quite a bit on this issue a few years ago very publicly uh and they are in direct opposition to one another and yet billy encourages people to form their own opinion and check out this sort of resource with a completely opposite viewpoint i think it's very big of him to do that but he references it as be free to choose.com and it's actually be free to choose.org uh, you'll see the link on our website uh, but be free to choose.com is something else so make sure you go to the .org. And that's it. Without further ado, part three of our updated chat with casting director Billy DeMota. Enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. ago you, you were talking about you know shaking things up and and putting more of an educational quote-unquote emphasis into these workshops and how those probably wouldn't work because you know actors uh, don't want to go to the same see the same cast director week after week or what right. what have you and then you said something that I actually have been uh, looking forward to asking you about which is you said because actors know what they want they want to be able to go and you know read for um, you know a, a casting director and give them their headshot and resume and and have that be the way that they create a connection with that casting director. And the reason that I wanted to ask you about this is because it's one of the only sort of devil's advocate arguments that I kind of understand on 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 the other side, and it drives me crazy because it's actually something that people use in the uh, gun control argument or the anti-gun control argument, which is that uh, if I want to uh, own guns in order to protect my family, that is my choice. That is my right to have that choice. And taking away that choice is where I I take issue with the government taking away that choice. In this case, in, in this context, what do you say to the people who say, but by taking away the workshops, you're taking away the actor's choice to do the workshops and the actors are free to choose however they want to go about operating their business. In other words, 
you know, if I know that it's, if, if I know that it's payola, if I know that I walk into, and I'm not speaking for myself, but I'm using I as an example, if I know that I walk into a workshop with my resume and $40 and I know, I know exactly what I'm getting myself into and I'm okay with it, what do you say to the people who are saying, well, why would you take away the actor's choice to run their business that way? Well, there, there are two reasons. The first reason is that you're facilitating a violation of the law. What you're doing is you're saying, I want to be able to go in and bribe somebody. The same way I would tell somebody uh, who wanted to go into a workshop and they could get a great meeting with a casting director if they just provided one blowjob, then, you know, I would tell that person, you know, you might have an opportunity to, 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 to get a job. That is your choice to blow that guy. But... It's probably pretty, you know, it's it's pretty sketchy, and it's like kind of against the law. I don't know if I can say blowjob on your butt, right? <laughs> but, but but the point is, is that you, you're you're engaging in something that is that is you know illegal. I mean, you're engaging, you're you're supporting the violation of a crime, and that's me paying somebody for a job interview, even if I want to do that. It's like that's why bribery is a crime. That's why graft is a crime. That's why blackmail is a crime. They all work to achieve a certain result and but why would I want to take those away from somebody because you know they're not they don't really you know they're, they're not really in line with uh, you know the way that that you want to act professionally so I think that's the first thing I think you're facilitating the violation of crime even though you get what you want and it's your choice I don't I don't think it's right also I think and this is the biggest point is that you're encouraging a scheme that, although it may work for you on occasion, doesn't work for 98% of the people. And if you want to talk related to politics, you can talk about the 1%, you can talk about the 99%. 1% of the people in workshops get jobs. Now, does that mean that I need to exploit the other 99% or I need to encourage the exploitation of the other 99% as a, as a workshop proponent uh, because I'm getting what I want out of it? That's to me is, is selfish and, and that's a whole different level of, you know, my personal philosophy is that you treat people kind and you treat people nice and you work as a community. You, you don't uh, mess with people because you want something so bad that you take advantage of the situation and the other people get nothing in the, in the process. The point is, is that you're, go, you're, you're spending money and you're getting what you want. And the other people are spending money and not getting what they want. And you're, it's being selfish. I mean, I just think it's not being the kind of uh, responsible professional uh, that, you know, even though it may work to get you a, an under five or a co-star once in a while. Hmm. Does that, does that help, kind of help, uh, help you understand why I think that people shouldn't, do it, even if, <laughs> even if they think it's their choice. I mean, it is their choice. And, I, you know, when I tell people, if you want to spend money to go do it, go do it. But just remember that these are the repercussions. Right. I Yeah. No, thank you for that response. I guess my my thing was, before, you know, before we had you back on the podcast, I tried to do as much research as I possibly could because obviously this rabbit hole goes very deep and there's a lot of, you know, back and forth out there. But I just wanted to, you know, I want to make sure that we, like I said, do our journalistic due diligence and talk about some of the arguments that are on the other side and, uh, you know, offer people all the 
information possible. And yeah. and that was really, and of all the things that I read, that was one of the only things that I kind of was like, oh yeah, I kind of get that. Well, let's let let me just say there's a guy named David H. Lawrence who is a voiceover teacher and a terrific voiceover teacher who has a website called BeFreeToChoose.com that basically makes that same argument. Is he? It's basically saying I can be selfish if I want to. I can do whatever I want for my career if I want to and screw everybody else that comes along that doesn't have the money, that doesn't have the resources. It costs me money to buy my headshots. It costs me money to get my reel made. I have to pay money to take acting classes. And and, and so I should be able to pay for just a, a marketing tool. But go to Be Free to Choose. Chime in. It's been there for six years. And uh, the site's been there because he's he's a, a, an advocate for the other side. And you can take a look at, at uh, the, the way he... Uh, uh, you know, promotes his side of the argument. And, but I, I understand that people do have that, uh, that right to pay. I just don't think, you know, I don't think it's right to screw up your, 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 your brother in the process. Yeah. That's, uh, hmm, yeah. We, we just talked to, um, Michael Kostroff and he talks so much about how actors are a tribe and we've got to really watch out for each other and, and you know, celebrate when somebody else gets a role or things like that. So just when you said my brother, that, that actually really resonates for me because, yeah, there, there's a way to go about it as a tribe and there's a way to go about it as an individualist and both have their merits. But, but that's powerful when you think about all the other people out there that are, that are honest, good people that are working to – to build a successful career just the way you are, who maybe don't have access to the same resources. Right. Workshop people don't go to burn, don't go to burning men. Michael Kostroff, by the way, is one of my favorite actors and advocates in the world. I wish he was in Los Angeles because I, I keep wanting to bring him in for stuff. And I keep remembering he moved to New York, you know? Mm, yeah. He's, he's a wonderful guy. Just yeah, love, love the crap out of him. So Billy, I'm curious what, uh, like in an ideal world, if you, if you, uh, were God all of a sudden and you could make a system that would work and was fair and equitable to everybody, what would that look like? Well, it's, it's pretty much the same as the old model, like old school. But, it, you know, things have changed, of course, because there are a lot more actors in Los Angeles and there's a lot more casting directors in Los Angeles. My philosophy is that casting directors are selling themselves out of the business. I think what they're doing is they're with workshops, with, with you know, they do workshops because they want to be able to compete in the market now better because they can hire more staff if they have the workshop assistants go out and do workshops. They can they can bid lower on jobs. But what's happening is that people are starting to recognize the fact that because we live in a digital world, that they can make their movie and they can do it without a casting director. I don't agree with that, but that's the philosophy now out there in the in the you know in the the mindset out in the in the, the filmmaking community. And what I'm afraid of is that when we when we continue to go down this path of sort of separating ourselves from the very same people that we're in a position to hire. Casting directors don't have a job without every actor in this town. And I'll tell you that nobody has a job. Actors are the center of the freaking universe. And I think they need to have a, they need to take a little bit more of their power back. I think it's happening now. And I think they're recognizing that. And, I, and unfortunately, I'm the only big mouth in town. Uh, me and D. Weiss and Steven Salomonovich and a few other casting directors. But for the most part, you know, actors have to fend for themselves. And I feel bad for them because they, again, they're the reason that I have a career, that I have a profession, that I have my house and my car and my garden and my cute cats and whatever. But 
But that having been said, I think we need to go back to a situ a, a, a world before workshops existed. And, and I remember that. I was there I, 32 years ago when I started. There were no, no such thing as a workshop. Uh, casting directors got invited to go see a, a group of actors for a sandwich and a, and a soda. And they got to see six or eight or ten or a dozen great actors in an evening at the church rec room or the, the, the local multipurpose room that they'd rent. Uh, and I got to see some great actors. They got to meet a casting director, and we all got to be on each other's radar, and it didn't cost anybody a penny. What happened with me is I learned so much more about how to find talent, how to, how to uncover talent, how to recognize talent as an assistant or in the beginning as an intern by doing those kinds of things. Uh, and then I would go to acting classes, and I would go to uh, theater, and I would go to every graduating showcase on the planet, I would watch every TV show. You know, my boss said to me when, when I first started casting, she said, you're going to go out and see every play in town and you're going to see some really bad actors, but you're going to see, <laughs> but you're going to see a couple good ones and I want to know who they are. You're going to go to every acting class in town that invites you and you're going to watch them do their scenes and you're going to see lots of bad actors, but you're going to see those two or three gems, you know, the, the diamonds amidst the coal and I want to know who they are. You're going to go watch every movie and watch every TV show, and you're going to see lots of crappy actors, but you're going to see a couple really great ones, and we need to know who they are because that makes us better casting directors, and it helps us to compete better, and it makes us look like, like, like better artists because we become better artists by the, by the people that we know. Um, and the problem is, nowadays with workshops, is that the, all of those things have been replaced by workshops. A casting assistant or a casting coordinator or an intern or an associate, they may go see theater once in a while, but you know as actors that they just don't go the way they used to. That they don't, you try to invite somebody to come see your show and, you know, one person shows up and, uh, you know, or most people show up uh, from any casting office in town. And, you know, they can say they're busy and they can say they, they're working on six pilots, but isn't it funny how, they're really busy until they get paid 300 bucks, and then they're not so busy to meet 20 actors in two, over two or three hours in an evening. The same time it would take them to go see a really good play or a bad play with some good actors. So I think it needs to go back to that model on some level. And, you know, I can't, I can't make casting directors do anything. I can't say to my brothers and sisters in the casting community, you need to go out and be more uh, accessible. Uh, uh, you need to be nicer people. You need to be. You need to open your doors to more actors. You know they do the business the way they want to do their business. I can only lead by example. I can only tell people what I do and what we do in our office. And we go. We do. You know, we, I did two generals today. Uh, Device, my partner, did two generals today in a separate location. We go see more theater. We go see more acting classes. We go see more graduating showcases. Thankfully, this is graduating showcase season, so I've got about a dozen lined up. Um, and it makes us better casting directors because we bring those people in. And then my director says to me, where did you find that guy? Or where did she come from? Or what rock did you, did you find that guy? That's our perk. That's what, that's our joy. When we, when we get, you know, when we have a, uh, our bosses tell us what a great job we did and how we found somebody that they didn't have never even met before, even seen before. So I think the model can be that again. But there has to be a concerted effort. I mean, all of the casting community, 
all of the, the agent uh, um, and talent rep community, all the acting committee has to agree that these are, the workshops are not the solution to, to finding great talent. They're solution to making, uh, to making uh, casting directors a nice second income and to get and to, and to sort of fool actors into believing they're doing something proactive for their career. It's all about creating genuine relationships. That's, and I tell this to people every single day, is that you can pay everybody you want, but are you creating genuine relationships that are going to be... I mean, I, an actor told me today, just called me before this interview, and she said, I just wanted to tell you a story. You know, I went in to read for a blah, blah, blah casting director, and after I read for her, she said, and, you know, I did a workshop with her a couple of months ago. She said, what a great job. I'm su- surprised I've never met you before. Wait, no, I paid to meet you in a workshop two months ago. That's not how she got called wow. in. She got called in because her agent did a good job and got her on the, you know, and it was a luck of the draw. But mm-hmm. that's not the way you develop real relationships in workshops. I tell people developing a genuine relationship with a casting assistant or associate in a workshop is like going to a whorehouse to find your next wife. You know, it could happen, but probably not. You know, I mean, it's, it's like you, you don't pay people to love you. You don't pay people to appreciate you. You maybe pay people for access, and sometimes they do. But the last thing, if I were an actor, the last thing I would want to be called would be a workshop actor. And that's that's there's a stigma there. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I remember you actually, I think, said that last time we chatted with you, that there's actually uh, a sort of, I don't know if it's if you'd be called a running joke, but that there's a, a label that's pretty prevalent in the in the casting director circles about like oh yeah so and so is a workshop actor and it's not a it's not a good thing yeah it's kind of derogatory Hmm. i i I got that from my i remember getting that from my manager when i first started working with her um you know she was saying you know you might get called in for an under five role but you're you you can very easily be labeled as 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 such as a workshop actor um billy we were running out of time but i I wanted to sort of ask you, you know, uh, Trevor asked that great question of like, what is your ideal, you know, in terms of the future? And now that you've described what your ideal is, I'm wondering what you have to say about what's next. In other words, if that's if that's what you'd like to get back to or that's where, you know, the ideal situation of, of how casting directors and actors build, create and build relationships where we are right now with uh, this series of articles and the and the and the and the fallout from them, what do you think is is directly following? What do you think is next around well, the corner? Uh, uh, it's it's not pretty. I mean, I think it's it's only destined to get worse before it's going to get better. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think sometimes you know you just have to explode something and burn it to the ground and and start anew. Here, here's my prediction. My prediction is that, and, and, and frankly, I would love it to be the other way. I, 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 what I would love is for casting directors to look at this thing and say, you know what, we're wrong. We've been wrong for the last 25 years to take money from actors. We, you know, I mean, the fact is, is that I don't know why Scott David got fired, uh, but the, the point is, is that there's probably has something to do with the fact that he's involved in a business that takes money from actors. Um, you know, uh, I wish that... Uh, uh, um, and I don't know that for a fact, Scott. I'm not making asper- uh, casting aspersions or making assumptions, um, but I do think that uh, that that it's going to be hard to get casting directors to change the way they are doing business right now, just because it's so entrenched. And also, I don't think you know if past is prologue. I don't think the Casting Society of America is going to do much with this 
workshop committee to change the way things are. And just so you know that there are, and I shouldn't even say this because, uh, you know, but I'm gonna, uh, there are a couple of casting directors on the, 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 the board of directors and on the workshop committee that do, do workshops and they're the ones that are creating policy about workshops. So I'm not sure how, how, how it's going to, uh, how strong the changes are going to come and how fast they're going to come. But what I think is going to happen is I think that, that the casting community is going to get slapped in the face. But I think that, that within probably the next year, if the way it continues, continues that, um, that they're going to get fired from their jobs, that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be prosecuted for violating state labor laws and AB 1319, they and the workshops. Uh, and I think that uh, it'll, it'll be, it's sort, of, it's sort of that will be the scorched earth policy that will sort of clear the grounds for something new to happen. Unless the workshop, uh, the workshop, you know, sort of coalition, as they have done before, tries to fight the law or tries to say that the casting directors didn't do anything wrong or that, that they didn't, nobody was really auditioning or they were just, you know, they were learning. You know, it, it, there's such a strong lobby against ending the workshops that, uh, that it's going to be an ugly fight in the next year or so. And I think there's going to be a lot of prosecution. There's going to be a lot of people getting fired and... I'm hoping that, that what that does is sort of clears the ground for, for new opportunities and uh, the possibility of going back to my ideal scenario. Okay, awesome. Uh, I have one more question before we wrap up for you, and that is <clears throat> what is your ideal actor as a casting director? What do you, what do you hope every actor would do and know and, uh, run, and how, they, how would they run their business? Well, I like the male actors. I like all have boy buns. They all, they all <laughs> Actually, I call it a man bun, but boy bun is cool. If you like that, we can call it a boy <laughs> the bun. The alliteration of boy bun. Uh, uh, you know, here's the thing: is is I we're our office is always open. We're always meeting new people. But the one consistent thing that attracts us to talent is people that come in excited and prepared, uh, and not. And they can't have they, – they have to have both of those elements when they walk in. And when I say excited, I mean they got to be – they want to be there. There are some actors that come in and it's like, well, you know, it's like I know I'm not really right for this or my agent told me that it's there. I don't think it's parts big enough. Then don't come in. If you want to be there, if you're excited to be there, that's the number one thing. Then make sure that you understand that character and the story and everything that's going on from, you know, inside out and bring that – uh, bring that sort of history and that knowledge of the character into the room. Um, there are a few actors out there that I know you don't even have to tell that to, the actors that I've worked with over the years, that I'll just say, come in and do a Steve, because they know what I'm talking about. They they will find the elements of that character, that, and they'll bring their own personality to it. Um, and I'm, I always hope that actors come in and are smart enough and understand the character enough that they're able to bring in the nuances that that make it so compelling to watch, you know, a, a character. I watch so much TV now and it's sort of like the test results are in, sir, uh, or, or, you know, you know, would you like more coffee with the, the, you know, those, you can't do much with those, but the, the nice guest star stuff or the big co-star rules, even those, they don't seem very thought out, you know, and maybe it's just the speed in which, you know, you know the, the stuff gets, you know, shot in TV, 
But uh, I mean, it's probably why I, I'm attracted, always been attracted to, to films, is that I love actors that come in and, and tell a story with that character and understand what's going on, that they understand uh, the nuances of the character, and they bring those nuances into the audition. And they, they play with it. You know, they, they don't just like stick. I mean, not that you got to go off book, but that you find a personality in that character. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you very much. AJ, did you have anything else you wanted to squeeze no, in there before? I was going to say, after listening to that, I'm excited to go on my next audition. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hey, hey, uh, AJ, uh, yes. what, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> I'm off tomorrow. I'm not working. Oh, good, because I have a great little project I'm working on. I'm going to email you the details. Okay. Sounds good. That's awesome. <laughs> Wow. So there, there you go, actors. If you want to get in the room, just start a podcast and start interviewing casting directors. Yeah, but you know what? The $100 bill didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was going to well, say, yeah, Billy, Billy did pay us to be on the show today. So The $100 Starbucks card. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. All right. Uh, so uh, see you guys soon. Thank you very much for inviting me. And uh, yeah, I'm always available. If anybody ever needs to find me, castboy, castboy.com, C-A-S-T-B-O-Y. Uh, website is tearjump, T-I-E-R-J-U-M-P dot com. Uh, and you can always go to castboy.com if you want to hire me for your movie. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Billy, at, thank at, you. At Billy Demoto on Twitter. Oh, on Twitter. Right on. It's going to say. Billy, thank you so much for your time. I really, 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 really appreciate it. guys welcome back hope you enjoyed and and got some additional insight and context and information from uh, our updated chat with casting director billy demota this entire chat was really focused around the casting director workshop stuff but billy is a multi-dimensional human being he doesn't just sit around casting movies and criticizing workshops he's a musician <laughs> he's a screenwriter he's got a short film out so if you haven't listened to our old interview with him from a few years ago where we talk about some of the other things that he does check it out because he's an interesting guy his heart's in a really good place uh, as i'm sure you picked up from this interview and uh, we were really excited to to talk to him again and and really grateful that he took the time to uh, contribute this specific viewpoint to the community and i think uh, as i said in the interview what really resonates with me is is the voting thing you know when you when you spend your money on something as an actor to support more of that service or product, you know, there's a social fallout for that. And it could be good or it could be bad. You know, it could be supportive to other actors or it could not be. But it's it's something to keep in mind that every single vote that we make with our dollars in a capitalist society is going to affect somebody else somewhere down the line. There's a lot of ripples, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. That uh, mm-hmm. I think it's it's important to keep in mind um, when it comes to things like this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I also just want to say that uh, I, I think this interview, one of the things that I, I liked so much about it is that, yes, Billy does take um, one particular side on the issue, but because he's so informed about it, it really does allow uh, an actor like if you were, if you had no idea what was going on with the, with workshops and you listen to this interview, like what a great primer, 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 on, <laughs> on, primer. On, awesome. um, prima, you know, what a great way to sort of be introduced to the um, the, the landscape, you know, like yeah. it, it's it's really an, 
essentially what I'm trying to say is it's really informative, not 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 despite his, but maybe because of his his strong position on one side. He's he's uh, educated himself and becomes, you know, informed and and also part of the discussion. Yeah. Um, so you could listen to this. You could listen to this interview and come out of it being pro workshop and you and you would you would have like a great sense of what was going on. Again, great. Thank you, Billy. If you're listening to this, thank you for, again for your time. Uh, let's talk about picks of the week because we got some good ones this week. Yes. What is Peribus? 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 No, Peribus.co is uh, a website that a friend recently suggested I check out. And I, I signed up, but I haven't actually used it yet. But from here's what I understand. If you go shopping online a lot, and who doesn't? What Paribus uh, does is it accesses your, from what I understand, again, I think it accesses your email and looks at your email receipts and then somehow indexes them. And if it finds that you spent more money on a product at one website that you could have gotten cheaper on another website, it will work with the retailer to basically like deposit a refund into your bank account for the difference. So it's a way of sort of price protecting yourself. And I told my friend, I was like, is this real life? Like, this is amazing. And she was like, uh, yeah, like everybody uses it, dude. So apparently this is a, th- a thing. I, yeah, I thought I thought the friend that you were referring to is Ben Whitehair. And so you just said she because uh, Ben is how I heard about this. And yeah. um, and and Jasmine has actually signed up and, you know, she's got a few bucks back here and there. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of kind of a neat little thing. You know, I mean, I know for actors, oftentimes every penny counts. And so here's a great way to sort of give yourself a little bit of extra protection if you uh, errantly spend more than you need to. <laughs> well, you wouldn't know unless you signed up that's for right. Paribus. Yeah, so it's paribus.co, P-A-R-I-B-U-S.co. Link on our website in the show notes for this episode. And your pick of the week is something I have been eager to sit down and start consuming. Oh, yes. You must been watch. They're actually doing... Um, I. I I don't think I'm going to be able to attend, but they're doing a live screening of the season finale with a Q&A with some of the cast and creative team of the show The Path, which is on streaming on Hulu. Um, and like uh, many of these shows that are on these non-network platforms, it is fantastic um, envelope pushing um you know, racy, sexy, um, you know, does things that you would never see on cable television. Um, things that have been, you know, for, for the longest time reserved for, you know, uh, networks like, uh, HBO or non-networks, however you want to say it. Um, but it is, it is really good. Um, <clears throat> I remember seeing the trailer for it and some of the ads for it. And, um, you know, obviously a, a big fan of Jesse Pinkman. Um, <laughs> It taps into a really interesting thing that I think uh, happens almost in either in cycles or it's sort of like always happening, but just in the background, which is, you know, uh, all of us sort of looking for something, some kind of um, guide, uh, spiritual or otherwise, to sort of get us through this this life, the, the, the whole you know, Scientology thing that's been uh, going around uh, uh, recently with the, um, what was the documentary called? Oh, uh, Going Clear. Is that what it's called? Something the documentary like that. Yeah, that I just came out. 
anyway, there's just so much press around that recently. And, um, you know, so it just, it, it's brilliant in that it taps into that, um, that, that thing that's in the zeitgeist right now. So, um, definitely recommend it. How would you sum it up? How would you sum up the premise? Um, it's about a, a group of people or specifically this one family focuses on this one family, um, that is part of a, uh, spiritual movement, um, what they call a spiritual movement, what a lot of people on the outside call a cult. Uh, yeah, I don't want to, I, th- I think anything else I would, I would be giving it away. It just, okay. that's sort of what it, what it focuses on. After the first couple of episodes, you, you understand what the main conflict, you know, what the sort of super arc is for, uh, Aaron Paul's character. Cool. And at that point you're like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> for the, like every other episode, every, every episode from that point where you realize, you know, what's going on with him, you're like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> so it's, uh, I love it stories around cults I did they're just so interesting because I don't know about you but whenever I see a movie or, a, or read a story about that I start to look at my own life and I'm like am I involved in any cults like, mm. do would I know if I was what how do you define a cult like yeah. I watch I watch football every Sunday is that is that a cult like you know like you start to wonder like what is a cult and and it, it, ugh, it's so fascinating. Yeah. Well, this, this, it, that's, it's funny that you say that because that's exactly what I meant about like tapping into the, the zeitgeist. There's something, there's something very poignant about the human experience when it comes to cults. It, it is something that I think that we all, you know, uh, can relate to yeah. regardless of the fact that we've never been a part of one. Well, you know we, what I'm yeah, saying? We all want to believe in something, but we don't want to believe in it too much we don't want to believe it to the point that we might become like deluded or damaging to other people so but but where that place like where's the where's the line between being like a supporter of something and having like full conviction to the point that other people are hurt you know or you're hurt you know one of my one of my uh lines in the sand has always been if 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 they they whoever, capital T, they, um, if they ask you to um, disown or uh, distance yourself uh, from your family yeah, and yeah. friends, or once you're a part of that group, you can't leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are two big uh, lines in the sand for me. Yeah. So I was talking to a friend the other day. who was actually uh, was saying that he went to the Scientology Center in um in hollywood here and and he because he was just curious and he met this kid at the front desk who was like 19 years old and he had been working at that desk since he was 12 13 14 years old something like that and he was making like six dollars a day or something and it was like mostly volunteer and he slept there and they fed him and that was it. It was like indentured servitude. Crazy man. Like uh, that, that this, this is happening. This is happening like in Los Angeles in 2016 right now. Um, anyway, our podcast is probably gonna get shut down. If we don't come back for episode 235, <laughs> uh, please send help. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because again, it calls in, it calls up that question. Like, how do you define this? Because I know a lot of 99 seat theater groups 
that do something that sounds a lot like what you just described, you know, <laughs> except they add the part of putting on a play for other people, which is potentially yeah, even but worse. Yeah, you're allowed to go home at the end of the day if you want. Uh, you Dude, can leave at any yeah, time. Yeah, but we, 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 slept in the, we slept at the powerhouse a few times. <laughs> you're... You are not about to make the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble sound like a cult. I will not allow it. I will not allow it. I'm just Folks, saying. I'm just saying. Questioning work. things is healthy. Interesting. It's such oh, a fascinating geez. topic. All right, the path. All right, so everybody watch that and then start to look at your life and and ask the hard questions. Your life and the theater companies you're involved with, and how dare you? Great. Yeah, there you go. A cult of acting. Uh, right. Uh, listener pick this week comes from uh, Una Love. She wrote in with this a little while ago, and it's perfect timing because this week in the membership, I'm going to be sharing my mini course on creating a successful morning ritual. And this book that Una Love or recommends is uh, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And I, I hadn't heard of this before she mentioned it. And then once she did mention it, I started seeing it everywhere. It's all about basically creating, uh, I think this is the subtitle to it, is the not-so-obvious secret guaranteed to transform your life before 8 a.m. So if that doesn't make you want to read it, I don't know what would. But uh, it's perfect timing. Uh, check it out for additional context on the most important time frame of the day, which is those few hours right after you wake up. Link on our website. Okay, let's get out of here is that it for this episode <laughs> yes all right sorry sweet so today's episode of inside acting was produced and co-hosted by me trevor algott and aj meyer jen levin is our production coordinator gadali guberek is our marketing and web director deborah smith is our community manager timothy waterman is our director of public relations trevor algott that's me edited and mixed the episode today and composed our theme and interview music and fern Lim designed our logo again hopefully we'll have a new person uh, helping us out with editing and mixing the episodes so we can add your name in here and direct people to your work. Yes. Don't forget to contact us if you are interested and would like to learn more. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes. The list goes on and on. Uh, and we just recently got our first voicemail in a really long time. So I'm just going to plug gonna plug our old voicemail line. You can do this directly on our website now uh, using a, a piece of software called SpeakPipe. It'll just do it right on the website. You can also record an MP3 on your iPhone, for instance, and email it to the podcast at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. But because we have the coolest phone number in the history of acting podcasts... We got to plug that too. So if you want to leave us a voicemail, it's 1 213 2 actors. That's 222 8677. I still remember it. Boom! Mic drop. Uh, and of course, if you're if you're subscribing to us in iTunes, go ahead and leave us a review there as well if you'd like, especially those five star reviews. If you don't want to leave us a five star review, email us and tell us why. Give us a chance to fix it and then leave a crappy review. <laughs> Um, if we don't fix it, if we don't fix it, if you if you uh, leave a good review, it's kind of like putting a little tip in our tip jar because it helps other people find the show. And I have seen friends' podcasts shoot straight to the top of their respective subject matters on iTunes because they just had a 
flood of positive reviews. So um, it definitely helps. It actually translates to uh, practical, pragmatic things. That's my new band I mean, name. Practical, I- pragmatic things. <laughs> yeah, that's my yeah my new my new my next album cover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro and VO2GoGo.com. VO2GoGo.com. And thanks to you, our listeners. If you love inside acting and you want to maximize its value in your life and career and support the continued production of it, sign up as a member to get cool perks like access to our membership message board, cool freebies, invites to exclusive member meetups, and more. Just visit InsideActing.net and click on the membership tab to get started. That's it. For episode 234, yeah? That does it. Wow. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, start your cult of love. Oh, my God. Um, hmm. I don't know if I can make a meme out of that. Oh, no. No, that would just be too weird. Okay. <laughs> oh, is that what you've been making the memes out of? Is just like the, the thing that we the send off? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um. Well, I can record another one. Yeah, we're still rolling. How about another one? <laughs> Start your cult of love. All right. Well, what else do we? Do you have a? Do you have a good one? Oh no, that's why I made you do it this week. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um. Oh man, what did we talk about in the interview? Hang um, on. Uh, I got one. I got okay, one. Okay. And that's it for episode 234 of Inside Acting. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to vote with your wallet. Vote with your wallet. Vote with your dollar. Dollar. All right. And that's it for episode 234 of Inside Acting. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, vote with your dollar. Yes. Vote with your dollars. There's so much added pressure now. I didn't realize that that's where all the... (laughs) Yeah, man. Holy balls.